Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Look at Matthew 6. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. It is not that easy chair that you love and you're going to take it with you. Ain't happening. Where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. When you get up in the morning, what makes you go? What are you living for? It's got to be God. Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. The verse that ends this discourse is well known to us. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. We often seek our comfort first, sometimes even rather than facing danger. Pastor Mark is teaching that we need to seek to do what pleases God first rather than ourselves, trusting God to provide for us even if it isn't comfortable. For those of us who are used to a cushy life, this is a big time challenge. Thankfully, God's grace and mercy are sufficient to carry us through. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in John chapter 8 with his continuing study called Free to Live as God Intended. Now, let me read to you. Matthew 10. Listen. One day, Jesus sent his disciples out. These 12 Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. Let me explain that. It doesn't mean that Jesus didn't want Gentiles to come to salvation, but he came for the Jews first. And then when they rejected him totally, he just minister to Samaritans, and of course, Gentiles. And of course, it's all people today. As you go, he says to his disciples, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Listen, freely you have received, freely give. Here's what it means. Give as freely as you have received. Well, let's just talk about this. How did I get this? Well, I worked for it. But who gives me the ability to work for it and get wealth? God. Same for every one of you. Not just a $20 bill. Everything we are. When God's here with me here, he takes my breath. And I'm gone. Absent from the body. Hallelujah. Perfect in heaven. You see, and that is the problem we have. Because as you see this, To have an open heart and open hands requires what Dave Ramsey said. Remember? What was it? It's called change. 
change. Why? Because my old sin nature, my old sin nature doesn't do this. It does this. Oh, I know they're in need, but I'm not giving a thing, baby. And that doesn't come from this. That comes from a heart that's hard and filled with me, myself, and I. Thank you very much. I can never do those things if I have a closed hand and a hard heart. So it requires a change. And I'm going to change in all of our lives because that's my nature is to be selfish. I learned it young and I don't care how old you are. We are bent to go that way. We're simply bent to go that way. In fact, when you think about that, Jesus knew that. And he gave us this principle. Paul says it like this. Remember in the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed. Finish it. It is more blessed than. All right. That's the second thing today. Whose money is this? Okay. We don't live like it. How many of you knew the statement? You just finished. It's more blessed to give than receive, but I never practice it. Don't laugh. That's very true. Well, I don't, Pastor Mark, there's no way. No way that if I'm blessed and give to people, I'm, it's better for me. Are you crazy? That's what the world says. God's way always works. Never fails, ever. And you'll see, it's better to give than receive. Well, we know it. We just often don't practice it at all. Now, In the last days, Paul warns us, we're kind of in the last days. For people in the last days will love only themselves. And what else? Look at this. Their money. Now, why would they call it their money? Look at the rest of the verse. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God. It's their money because they have no idea because they don't have a relationship with God. And they'll be that way. See, an open heart and an open hand is what guards me from materialism and selfishness. I have to have a change in my thinking and what I'm doing. So just ask yourself right now, are you a generous giver? Five is generous. Go down to one. Hmm, Not so much. Are you a generous giver and a wise investor of all those gifts God gives to you? Ask yourself this morning. Not just in the money, but in all the other things. Now, look at verse 19. In this way, in what way? Good, good works, generous, willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age. After the resurrection, when we go to heaven, second coming. So that they may take hold of the life That is truly life. So the command from Paul is this. Store up treasure for yourself in heaven. That sounds like an oxymoron. I'm now storing up treasure for me. Well, it's because it's not about you. It's about people. Treasure in heaven. What is treasure in heaven? Here's my definition. Anything on earth that has eternal value. Anything that I do with my time and my talents and my possessions and my life and my money. Anything I do that has eternal value. Well, what has eternal value? Of course, the Bible has eternal value. It never, ever, ever 
fades away. But the only thing that really has eternal value that outlasts this world is people. That's why man's soul is the most valuable thing he owns. Every person, when they die, will live in one of two places forever. So using that, all these things that God has gifted us, I told you, all those things, I'm a manager of those to advance the kingdom of God. Now, what does that mean? I want to be generous with everything that we've been given by God. So I think my own life, I'm going to start with my life. What do I want in my life? Well, I want to grow spiritually. I'm far from what God wants me to be. So are you. I just want to grow. John 15, no fruit, fruit, more fruit, much fruit. Man, I'd like to just move along in that area. I'd be healthy. My life would be healthy. I'd like to make disciples. Disciples start with conversion. I'd like to see people get saved. Remember, we had a whole year, the value and impact of just one person coming to Christ. So I want to use all those things, and so do you, to be at work. Now, some of you, when you think of gifts, you only think about public gifts like these. That's nothing to do with that. That just happened to be my gift. But outside of the pulpit, by the way, you won't see me in publics with my pulpit on wheels, just going down the aisle. <laughs> Praise God! How many, would you give an offering today? <laughs> of course not. I'm just a guy and people go, Pastor Mark, you're in shorts. I say, like, is there something wrong with shorts or what? <laughs> what am I supposed to be in? Of course, my collar's right here. No, I just meet. You're just you. You say, well, Pastor Mike, I don't know if I have those giftings. Well, if you're a parent, are you investing your life in your kid's life? If you are, you're doing good. Because that's why God put them in your house. So that they can be raised in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. So it's all over the place. During the storms, how many met neighbors you've never seen for like forever? And you help them chop a tree down and do all this stuff. And you, it was a joyous time. God takes crummy stuff and makes good out of it. We were blessing other people and they were blessing us. Now, other things simply is this. I want to make sure I'm introducing people to Christ. And for me, that's one of the blessings in our churches. You guys do this on a regular basis. You bring people, you invite people. This morning, of course, you can imagine after the first service, the crowd was amazingly good for what happened with the storms. We had five people saved last night. We had six people saved this morning. See, that's people who people invited. That's not me. It's just the truth of God's word. I can't save anybody. And when that happens, our other campuses have the same thing. And that's the eternal treasure that goes up. Now, remember, we learned this. There's no security in storing up treasure here on earth. Whatever we store on earth, we eventually lose. You can't take it with you. Now, as you get older, and I'm older, but I'm not old. I'll I'll work all week and see how you do. That's because God gives me strength. As you get older, you know where a lot of stuff goes? Right to the street. It's called garage sailing. I can't take it with me anyway. What am I hanging on to all that crud for? And we just empty out rooms and stuff. Some of you are young. You don't get it yet. You'll be the one coming by and buying it. (laughs) But later, but later, you will move it to the street. Look at this archaic thing. Wow. It says Mark Balmer on it. Who is that? You're not going to take anything with you. 
but I can take people with me to heaven. Not that I'm responsible for their salvation, but I had a part in it. See, that's what we're talking about. Using all of that to expand the kingdom of God. Now, look at what Jesus says. Paul got his teaching from Jesus. Look at Matthew 6. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. It is not that easy chair that you love and you're going to take it with you. Ain't happening. Where moth and rust do not destroy. And where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. When you get up in the morning, what makes you go? What are you living for? It's got to be God. The writer of the Proverbs says this, above all else, guard your heart for it affects everything you do. Soft heart, open hands. Hard heart, closed hands. Get up in the morning and I focus with this. I make sure the heart is simply our mind and our will and our emotions. It's the control center of my life. As decisions come from our hearts, if I focus on the things of the earth first, then I'm, I got the wrong focus. I need to be thinking and planning and, and concerned with not earthly treasures, but eternal treasures. And one of the things I try to do in my life, and sometimes I do well and sometimes I don't. When I get up in the morning, I usually do my iPad, make coffee for my wife, point. And <laughs> she's not here to hear it, bummer. Okay. And then I go to my iPad and I go to my devotional first. But sometimes I'm like you. I want to read the news. Who emailed me? What's it look like? Some of you probably have lots of stocks or something. So you want to look at the Wall Street Journal. What happened yesterday? Or your sports team. Did they make it? Did they fail? Did they whatever? And those things are okay. But I've discovered this. Once I start focusing on the things of today in the world, sometimes I never get to this till the afternoon. And I go, whoops, time for work. Bye. See ya. And then I want God to direct me during the day. And I've never even talked to him. So I try to go back here. See, what, what is your heart? It should be about the things of God. Not an hour in the Bible, just a time where you're talking with him. When we talk with God, when we read the scriptures, guess where the focus is? It isn't about stuff here. It's about eternity. It's a different perspective. And we forget. But you know how soon we are from the end of the world? Oh, my goodness. And how soon we are to spend eternity in heaven. Listen to this statement. Giving generously about ourselves, our time, our talents, our money and possession proves he has our hearts. If you're doing those things because you love to do them and thousands of you do, thank you. Then he has your heart and that's all he wants. Those of you that are not saved yet, that's what he wants. He wants your heart. He wants your worship. He wants to guide your life. Now, you remember, life is simply filled with choices. One day, a rich, young, good-looking Jewish ruler who studied the Bible, he came to Jesus, and he said to Jesus, how do I get eternal life? He had amazing potential. Remember, some of you gals would like to date him. Young, rich, ruler, studied the Bible, and Jesus knew as he did the interview with him that there was a problem. His money had become his God. 
So here's what Jesus did. The only time in the Bible he ever did this, he never told anybody else ever to do this. He said to the rich young ruler, if you want to know how to get to heaven, and it wasn't talking about working. He was talking about, you can't get to heaven unless God is your first priority. He says, sell all your stuff and give it to the poor. And then he said this, come and follow me and I'll show you how to enjoy life with God being first. Well, what we know from the scripture, because it's a true story in this parable, his choices were clear. Would he trust Jesus enough to follow him? Or would he trust in his wealth? Was his wealth the wall that was protecting him? Did it bring peace and happiness and joy? Well, he thought so. And the Bible says when he heard this, he became very sad because he was very wealthy and he walked away. You see, the rich young man didn't own his riches. His riches owned him. And he left. He walked away sad. What did he leave behind as he walked away? Joy, peace, meaning of life, any hope of heaven. He left Jesus standing there alone. He left the most exciting, freeing lifestyle in the whole world. Wrong decision because of money became his God. 25 years ago, next year, 26, as we started this church, not knowing what in the world God would do, about 100 people, which was amazing in itself. I was still working full time. And over the years, we have invested in buildings, staff. We only had one campus, of course, then. Thousands of you that volunteer. We did it for one reason. So we could minister to people in our local communities. Initially, it was just Melbourne. Melbourne, Palm Bay. Of course, now it's Sebastian and Vieira over in Orlando in the prison. And we just did that. And God graciously, through those last 25 years, has saved thousands and thousands and thousands of people. I can't tell you how many people. And those people didn't just get saved here. You know, we're a very mobile society. Those people got saved here, lived here for three or four years, and moved somewhere else. And they, they're still watching us. Good afternoon. And they're still watching us on TV, and they found their own churches. And they're doing the very same thing. They're sharing the gospel with good people, and more and more people are coming. They're light and salt wherever they're at. And during this 25 years, God raised up numbers of couples, numbers of single people, to be missionaries in all countries of the crazy world, all over the place, sharing what? the gospel. We planted numbers of churches. Young families moved out. They planted churches to do one thing. What? To see people come to Christ. And I want to tell you, you know this from coming to our campuses. Our focus is to continue not just to invest in everybody, but especially our children and our youth and our young adults. See, our world outside of Christianity, the world has those people because there's no parents teaching their kids about God. Europe is gone. There's still hope. Europe is gone. England is gone. Australia is gone. Anything up in the northern part, Norway, that's all gone. And we made a pact with God. God, we're going to see that this generation, these young students and children and young adults, they are not going to serve Satan. They are going to serve God. You see, their lives will be used to invest in the next generation. If we lose that generation, it usually takes one or two generations and the country's gone. Hello, England. 
Now, again, there's always pockets of God still working. But by and large, those countries are not religious at all. Guess who was the country that sent most of the missionaries all over the world? England. Most of their churches today are now mosques. The word of God is dead, except for a few wonderful churches. As you think about that, I just want to say thank you to thousands of you who have over these last 25 years, and you're new maybe today, that's fine, for investing your time and your talents and your gifts, and you've given money generously to allow us to do what God's called us to do. You understand that giving money allows us to do these things. That's the way a church functions. You can't function without money. When Dave Ramsey's team came to us initially, it's very important because we know this, that the average Christian in the United States, somewhere about this figure, average Christian in our churches in the United States and basically the world, about 4 to 6% of people give on any kind of a generous regular time, tithing. of Christians don't give. Now think about that. Well, how do you expect us to survive? And this isn't a plea for money. But sometimes those people will serve. And Dave Ramsey, he just awoke in my mind. That team says this. Most of those people, 95%, would love to give. But they're in debt. And they can't give. There's just no way for them to do it. Well, that was one of the reasons, not to give to this church, but to get you out of debt. And thousands of you have started FPU. Way to go. It's just exciting to watch all the people, the families being changed. And that's what this whole thing has been about. See, I will never do what God wants me to do if I'm in bondage to money. Never. But when I'm free, look out, baby. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be fantastic. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I want to end with something that's right in your face. It's funny. Watch this. It's the message translation of what we just read this morning. Sometimes I like it just to be easy. First Timothy 6, 17 to 19, the message translation. Of course, you can't study this, but you can have fun with it. Those who are rich in this world's wealth, tell them, To quit being so full of themselves. I love it right there. If you're full of yourself, this is right to you this morning. Tell them to stop being so full of themselves and so obsessed with money. Which is here today. Get your hands ready. Everybody get your hands ready. Here today and come on, come on, everybody. Gone tomorrow. Tell them to go after God. Amen. Tell them to go after God. Who? piles all the riches we could ever notice the word manage manage to do what good you're amazing thank you nobody wants to be uncomfortable it's not comfortable (laughs) that having been said god challenges us to trust him in all situations Like Pastor Mark has been teaching, as we seek to put God first rather than money or possessions, God will give us the ability to deal with our lives. It's remarkable how God knows what we need and will always bring it our way somehow. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian and Vieira. 
all campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. This is the end of the fourth part of Free to Live as God Intended. In the next installment, Pastor Mark will be teaching us about stewardship from a godly perspective. We will learn how tightly stewardship is integrated into our lives as followers of Christ. Now, the concept of stewardship encompasses every aspect of our living, even areas you may not have thought of. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in, and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.